morning, Say What family. How's it going today? Hope you guys are doing well. I hope you're having a good morning and drinking my coffee, sitting all cozy at my desk. And I am so excited to talk to you today. We're coming to you live via Zoom. Well, I guess it's not technically live or live. That's a lie. I was not trying to lie to you, but <laughs> we're coming to you on Zoom today with my friend, Hannah Helbert. Hannah, say hello to the world. Hello world. Hello, say what fam. Yes. So I have my friend Hannah here today and it's really crazy because we have the same name and it's spelled the exact same way. So that's like a fun thing about us. Um, I met Hannah at the founded and funded retreat. So we were at the retreat together and she, I think you were the first person I knew that was going, like you're the first person I had connected with. And I was like, okay, this is, this is good. Like, this is really, really good. I'm really excited to be with you and be around you and learn from you and um, Hannah is just incredible she just like radiates so much joy when you are like around her and uh, it's just like hard not to smile when you're around her she makes everybody feel so good and is so encouraging and she has a really cool story and so I think it's like really important to share people's stories and learn from them and hear from them and so um, I wanted to have her on to chat and talk about her story and her experience as a young mom a young single mom and so we're gonna talk about that today but Hannah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being on. <laughs> yes, thanks for having me. And yeah. first of all, thank you for all your kind words. Oh my gosh, thanks. so sweet. And yeah, it was so exciting when I saw that we had the same name spelled the same way. Yes, it's so fun. <laughs> and I feel the same way about you. I love listening to you speak, and um, I've loved listening to your podcast and just getting to know you. So thanks for. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. So let's, um, let's get to know you a little bit better. So who are you? What do you do? 30,000 foot view of Hannah. Yes. So um, I am a full-time single mom. My daughter's nine years old, uh, full-time student. I'm going for business, full-time single mom, which is really like what I'm doing now and focusing now on um, as a full-time entrepreneur too. Yes. So, um, you know, I'm really passionate about just creating resources for other single moms, empowering other single moms, and just really showing them that like, they can do whatever they set their mind to. Yeah. You don't have to be in a two income household, a two parent household to live a great life still. So uh, just really in the process of building all kinds of resources for other single moms, and um, yeah, I'm just, it's heavy on my heart and I love them. Yeah. I love single moms. I love all women <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. being there to, to support them is that's really what I'm doing now. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so one thing that we like to ask our guests um, when we come on is just a fun little, what is one thing you like and one thing you strongly dislike or maybe even hate, who knows? So what is one thing that you like? Okay, so I love all types of water. So ocean, lake, river, okay. like it brings I was me thinking, so I was much like, joy. I was like, Dasani, Aquafina, <laughs> Smart Water. That's what I was thinking. Of. Oh, my God. oh my God. I was like, oh, interesting. She likes, she's likes all the, all the water brands. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Okay. Oh my gosh. Lakes. It's ocean. that makes way more sense than what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you like all bodies. Oh my 
all bodies of water. I yes. should have said it that way. Oh my so, god, I do love drinking water too, though. <laughs> that, oh, is, that is. That is. Oh my gosh. Okay, so you love bodies of water. Yes. Is that where you feel okay. like most peaceful? Yes. At, is when you're like at the lake or something. Absolutely. I live right by the beach. And if I'm having a hard day, especially, I love just like going down to the beach, taking my shoes off, going right along like where the the water meets the sand and just walking right there. And it's like, I'm immediately grounded. It's, um, it's really a special thing. (laughs) Yeah. It brings you back into yourself. I love it. Reminds you that there's bigger stuff out there, you know. That's awesome. I also- Absolutely, yeah. Water. Yeah. Um, so one thing I strongly dislike is um, I really, you know, what I really dislike is bad drivers. I really dislike bad drivers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a rough one. I yell at my husband all the time <laughs> because he will not use his turn signal if no one's behind him. And I'm like, it's just good practice. What if someone does get behind you and in the process, you don't see them, but you need to have a turn signal on for them. And he's like, but nobody's there. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's just good practice to use your turn signal all the time. So I it's, feel that. It's polite. <laughs> yes, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Um, okay, so something that I, I always share as well. So one thing that I love is, okay, right now I'm loving... So at our founded and funded retreat, we got these um, little like notepad that says like, let's get productive. And it's like a to-do list basically. And then like, what are three things that you actually need to get done today? And I'm usually not like a paper person. Like I'll use sticky notes sometimes, but I'm usually like, I'll put it on my phone, like do notes on my phone. But I was like, you know what? This will be helpful for me to like write it down and see it in front of me. And I've been using these like nonstop. And so I'm really loving that. I'm like looking at it. That's why I keep looking down because it's like right here. But I, <laughs> um, I keep, it, it's like really helpful for me to like see it, be able to act, like check it off with my hand. And um, it's been really helpful in my like business stuff. And one thing I, I strongly dislike, you guys know, nothing is TMI on this podcast. Nothing is nothing is too personal. So I'm going to share this. And by the time this episode comes out, I've probably already talked about it on my Instagram. So it's fine. But anyways, one thing that I strongly dislike is long nails when I am trying to use a period cup. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. It is extremely painful and I don't know how girls do it. So I'm leaving this podcast when it's done and going to get these nails taking off, taken off because I want to use a period cup and this is just not happening. This is just not happening. So that is one thing I strongly dislike. And yeah, nothing, nothing's too bad here. This is, this is just real life. I think we can all agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is, not, not, this is a not, a, this not a good time this morning. Oh man. Okay. So uh, let's get into it. Hannah, tell us tell us your story of being a single mom. Yeah. So I have been a single mom since my daughter was a year and a half. Um, so getting closer to eight years now. And mm-hmm. it really was I was a young mom when I had her. I was 19. Her dad was 21. Um, so we were just a young couple and it was just kind of one of those things that we were never going to work being so young and, Mm -hmm. you know, immature and probably pretty selfish at the time. (laughs) Um, and so we, we separated, um, and it's just been her and I ever since I've dated a little bit in the midst 
Um, but really my focus has just been on her and raising her and, you know, getting her through preschool and school and, um, yeah, it's been a pretty great eight years. It really has. And we've done so much. We've traveled, we've moved a few times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been great. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so like being a single mom since you were 19, what is like, what has it like really been like? So I feel like we often just hear the like, oh, it's so hard, which is true. And I want to talk about that. But what are some of like the joys of being a single mom? Because I feel like there's such a stigma around it being like, like kind of like all oh, that, that single mom or, oh, it's so hard all the time. Oh, she can't do it. Like, woe is them kind of thing. And you're crushing it. And I know so many other single moms are. And so before we get into the hard stuff, I want to like celebrate like what you're doing and how you're like the joys of being a single mom. Cause I feel like it's so, always talked about in such a negative way. And so what are some of the, like the joys that you've experienced as, as being a single mom raising your pretty little girl? She, which she yeah. looks exactly like her, by the way, her daughter, they look identical. I love it. Oh, <laughs> uh, too funny. Yeah. You know, part of the reason I say it's been great is because it really has been, I always have said it's double the stress, double the hardships, double the sleepless nights, but it's also double the love, double the fun, double the joy. Um, and you really have to look at it you know some I know some single moms that just focus on uh the hard parts of it but I I love looking at the fact that you know I get to cuddle her every night mm-hmm. and I get to um you know I've been there to kiss her boo-boos along the way yeah. and um just just the the pride that I have in knowing especially when her te- we just had parent teacher conferences and mm-hmm. her teachers like you've done such a great job she's so bright she's Mm. mature she's kind she's helpful like knowing that um you know I've had a big part in that raising her by myself pretty much (laughs) um you know it's been it's been really good to Mm. hear those things um but also just being able to just love her um spend time with her that the time quality time is like my second love language so being with her and making memories, you know, going to Disneyland, um, that kind of stuff, just having the choices that I, that I can not having to, you know, worry about judgment of people or what someone else thinks I should do really being able to parent how I want to parent essentially, um, has really been, has really been awesome. Yeah. So it's just, it's really great to just have the choices that I do as far as how I parent her. Um, and obviously, you know, married couples and parents that are together, they, they choose together. Um, but it's, it's nice just having, being able to do what I want to do with her is, is brings me joy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I, I really wanted to talk about that that part of it, because like I said, there's such a stigma around it. And I love what you're doing within your community on Instagram of single moms is like breaking down a lot of the stigmas around single parenting. And um, just, it's like I said, it's often viewed as like such a negative thing, but I know that there are joyful and good things and all things. And so like, of of course, there's going to be like positive things and things that you love about being a single mom. And so just trying to continue to like break down those different, those different stigmas. Um, And what if some of the like hardships that people who have not 
like experience being a single parent um, may not understand, but are, are hard for you? Like what are some of the hard stuff that you've been walking through? Yeah, you know, the hardest part has been, for me, has been the stigma, mm-hmm. um, the judgment from people, um, which is why I'm so passionate about breaking that down and fighting that. And the conversations yeah. I've had with people on Instagram are just, it's just so empowering. And so it's just so great to hear people talking about their experiences, because the hardest part for me is just dealing with people saying things like, oh, that must be so hard. Like, I'm so sorry you don't get to travel with her. Or mm. I'm so sorry you have to do it alone. Or, mm. um, and then there's also the judgment of if someone doesn't know my story, they'll just say like, oh, so is her dad not involved in her life? Mm. Um, which a lot of people think that with single moms that that's the case and it's not the case her dad is involved in her life Mm -hmm. um and so breaking that stigma like just because there's a single mom it doesn't mean it's only her there's still support um yeah and and people being like I'm so sorry you're doing this alone you are not like you're not alone yeah at all you have not at all support system Yeah, I have. And me specifically, I know I've definitely been blessed with my mom who helps a lot. My sisters who are great. Um, She does have a good relationship with her dad and she sees him. Um, So all those things are, are lovely and great and wonderful too. But the, the struggles with some of it is really just the judgment. Um, And at different times through the eight years I've been a single mom, like I have for sure have had my fair share of financial stressful moments, especially, you know, I talked about that recently on Instagram. There was one point when I was having breakfast with her and I was eating cereal and I didn't know what else I would eat the rest of the day Mm. because we had so little food in our house and I wanted to make sure she was eating. Um, And then we had a couple dogs. And so I was feeding them the lunch that I probably should have been eating, but I wanted to take care of them. Um, and I was too prideful to ask for help at the time. Mm-hmm. That was, that was pretty early into it. Um, yeah. She was only a couple years old. And so that's definitely, there's been a, a few of those moments along the way, but now I've learned to ask for help when I need it. Um, and that was something that, you know, a lot of us have to overcome too. Yeah. yeah. Asking for help is so hard in anything. And so, especially I'm sure in this area is cause it's like, you know, you want to be able to do it all and help or to do it all. And so, but sometimes we just, we just can't. And so we have to ask for help, but I know right. that's like an incredibly hard. Um, what are some of the other like stigmas that you are having to like fight against and <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is going out <laughs> uh, and break through. <laughs> I know one that you posted about, I think it was maybe yesterday or the day before um, about how people just assume that single parents have never been married or never had a partner. Um, I, what is that like? Is that one of the stigmas that people, I mean, I know it is, but <laughs> you can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I would say for sure. A couple of the biggest stigmas are people assuming that single moms um, are a result of you know, just random hookups or not not serious relationships when the statistic is that 34% of single moms were never married. So 66% of single moms were married. Um, And I want to say it's about 40% of those that are divorced 
there's a lot that are widows. Mm -hmm. There's some that, um, you know, have other situations, but most single moms, um, were married when, when they separate or, you know, when they, when they became single moms. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, I really want to fight because it just, there's a, there's that stigma that makes single moms feel like they're not worthy or mm-hmm. um, they're less than someone else because they're a single mom. Yeah. And then so many people just assume they were never married and then judge them for that part of it too, because, mm-hmm. you know, in today's world, it's gotten better, but in today's world, if you're not married, there's, you know, judgment around that too. Right. <laughs> yeah. The stigma of being alone or um, some people assuming that you don't want to be in a relationship, um, that you are not confident, and that's why you're single. Um, you know, when a, a lot of a lot of single moms that I know are really confident, are really strong, and they choose to be single because yeah. they want to put their kids first, or uh, that's just what they want for that life, for their life, and people just make assumptions because they're not in that situation and they think that they know something and it's just, it's not fair. Right. It's not fair. And it's like, there's um, a quote that's like um, by a woman that I follow, which actually goes really good into what we're about to talk about. Her name is Manda Carpenter and um, she's uh, in the foster care system as far as like being a foster mom and respite care and all this stuff. But she says um, there's not a single person you wouldn't love if you knew their story. And so it's like when people are casting judgment on you, it's like, well, if you knew my story, like that judgment probably wouldn't be there. (laughs) Like if you knew that I am like a good mom who loves my daughter and like does everything I can to give her the best life, then you might not (laughs) wouldn't judge me for it. You know, they just see what society is is a terrible, bad, awful thing and shamed you for it instead of seeing you as a person and a mom doing the best that you can taking care of your daughter and your daughter is well taken care of but there's just that like (laughs) thank you stigma around it that we're breaking down and you're doing that with your community and it's huge and incredible and like really making waves I think in amongst the single mom world and the yeah helping other people understand that one more thing is that I like just really want to make note of is that a lot of single moms choose to be single moms, like I said, um, but a lot of people think that they were left, that their husbands left them, or mm-hmm. um, that they were forced into this situation, and that they're mm-hmm. sad about it, and I'm so sorry that your husband left you, or mm-hmm. I'm so sorry, and really, so many, I've had so many conversations with single moms recently, so many of them are so much happier now They really are living joyful lives, whereas before they weren't for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just a really big point to make that just because someone's a single mom, it's it's not that they're upset about it. Most of us are pretty proud to be single moms. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, yeah, it's it's that idea of like the way that the the woman is the one who's always left because the man can't do this or whatever and can't stay loyal and so he leaves or she's not good enough and that just really toxic culture among the way people view men and women yep. and you're like no it it wasn't good then and no not at all incredible now like now this is what and yep. it's people also 
need to like understand that was probably the best decision for the child too. Like, hopefully, I mean, that's what we would like to think that it was best for the child to, to not be in that situation anymore. And so that, that's a really good point. I'm really glad that you, you brought that up. I also know there is stigma around adoption. And so, and I know that that's also part of your story as well. So would you share some of that, some of your story with adoption? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when I was 14, um, I got pregnant, which was definitely a result of poor sex education, which we will get into in a few, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I had, I had a a daughter just after my 15th birthday and it was, um, only about the last month of my pregnancy, actually, that I finally decided to give her, place her for adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to choose her family. She is 13 now, and she's beautiful and smart and mm-hmm. plays volleyball. And, um, you know, I talked to her mom, and she's just doing great. And it was something that when someone gets pregnant unexpectedly, they think they either have to have an abortion or they have to suffer through the pregnancy and through the, the motherhood that they don't want. Um, and that's just not the case. Adoption is absolutely something that is so beneficial for so many people. Um, her parents, they tried getting pregnant for years and they just couldn't. And um, so they had it on their, their heart to adopt. And she always wanted a little girl. Um, and it's just such a beautiful story to, to see how, um, there's so many options out there. There's open adoptions, there's closed adoptions and the birth mother really can, can decide how she, how she wants to have that relationship with, with the child that she places. Um, And yeah, that's not something that should be, that should be stigmatized either because it happens so often. I don't actually know the statistics on adoption, but there's so many people in the foster care world and in Mm -hmm. adoption and it's, it's just common and people view birth mothers certain ways because Mm -hmm. how could you give up your child? Right. Yes. When really that's the most selfless thing you can do. I could never have provided her the life that she deserved. I was 15. We would have been probably homeless and she just didn't deserve that. I didn't deserve that. Yeah. Um, and that so I chose a beautiful me. family for her. She has a huge family and so yeah. much support. Yeah. That just gave me chills when you said, uh, we, might, we probably would have ended up homeless and I didn't deserve that. And she didn't deserve that. I think that's just, that's huge. And definitely like is, is so important to, to realize, like, I don't think people actually can or people aren't processing that like, no, we could have, we probably would have ended up homeless if that's what happened. And so this was like very selfless of me. It wasn't like a selfish thing. Like no one, um, I mean like that, that's just what was best for your situation. And like you said, there is so much a stigma of like, how could you give her up? Like I, I even catch myself saying like, give up for adoption. I'm like, nope, that's not it. She didn't give up her child. Like she did what was best for the family, right. placed her into adoption. And so even just that like word, I still catch myself saying it. I'm like, that's what you hear. And I'm like, no, that's not it. Like, that's not how it goes. It, it takes a very selfless and brave, courageous person to be able to see past 
their situation and see what's best for their child um, and and place them into into adoption. Um, so I think that's that's incredible that that was like what you chose to do and um, just protected her and yourself from things that could have happened if if you didn't have if you didn't place her into adoption. And that's just such a wise thing to consider. Um, as you are like 15 years old, making like when I was 15, oh, there were, yeah. oh, <laughs> I'm like, I could not have thought that far ahead. Like, <laughs> you were like very like considerate of like what you wanted in your, like her, your daughter's adoption, like the kind of like family you want her to go into, what you want her to grow up with. And just being able to see later into the future of like, this would be best for her to not be here. It's just huge. Like it is, it yeah. is huge. It is you. Yeah. Um, well, I knew that she, and I, I was really, really close with my grandparents, my aunts and uncles, my cousins. And I knew she wouldn't have that just because the relationship was strained with my family. Um, of course, they loved me. They would have supported me as much as they could, but mm-hmm. it was just a really hard situation for everyone. Yeah. And she just wouldn't have had the same relationship that she does now with her grandparents and her cousins. She has mm-hmm. a huge family. And it's everything that I would have envisioned for her. So it's really, it's perfect. Yeah, (laughs) no. And I think, I think that's so good that you're able to say that too. Like, no, this is, this is the perfect life for her. And I care and love about her, love her that much. And I want her to have that life. Cause there's a stigma too, of like, oh, you don't care about your child or you didn't love them. If you love them, you would have, you would have kept them and raised them. And like, no, like that's, that's just not it. Like you love and care about her so much that you wanted her to have the best life and the best life for her was going to be this option. And so you, you did it. Um, so I just think that's incredible. And I'm, thank you for sharing that part of your story. And you had mentioned that sex education was part of why you think you got, or why you got pregnant so young. So what was your sex education like? So it was almost non-existent. (laughs) Um, I remember being in fifth grade at school. They had sex ed for a couple days. I don't remember it exactly. All I remember from it was the girls and the boys being separated. And I remember my friend saying that the teachers were going to put a condom on a banana and then stick it like onto an apple. And that that was going to be how they demonstrated. And I was like, huh. And I, I had no idea. I had no idea what any of it was. Um, So that was, that was interesting. (laughs) Um, And my mom grew up in a really conservative house where they really didn't talk about puberty or sex or any of that kind of stuff. And, you know, bless her heart, it was just what she grew up with and what she was used to. And I I was the oldest. And so she, you know, was definitely walking in uncharted waters. (laughs) And um, we just never really talked about it. And I genuinely when I was having sex with my first daughter's dad, I genuinely did not know that what was happening could result in a pregnancy. That is and that is crazy. Like, yeah. And it's, it's just, um, you know, just, a, I think some ignorance, obviously not enough education on, on my part, on my family's part. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, it resulted in a, a beautiful baby girl 
and I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, no, absolutely. The, the, the fact though, that your sex education, and that was the same with mine. Like, I didn't have any sex education. Like it just didn't happen. I didn't go to the thing at school. I like signed a paper that didn't have to go. And I just like learned from my friends. Like I didn't know what was happening at 14. And I, and just the fact that they like used an apple, like that is not how women's anatomy is. Like that is not what our vulvas or vaginas are like. Like, no, it's not an apple. There's an opening there. for them for you just to not know and that's what happened like that just shows the like heavy importance of sex education like it it just we have to be teaching it in a way that's like because I know a lot of the conservative and and we talk about a lot on this podcast like the Christian view is like you know don't have sex when married so we're just not going to talk about it because then if we talk about it you're going to have it well no people need to be educated for for situations like this. this is a prime example of why sex, yeah. educa- sex education is so important. And I agree, like wouldn't change it. Like, I'm so glad that you, your daughter is out there and you have that, but like, still it is like, like important that you were taught that. So you knew what was happening and you could have, if you yeah. wanted to stop it or if not, whatever, we at least would have been taught about maybe protection. Like, but there was just none of that. Like, and so that's why it's so no. important for us to talk about sex and just because we talk about it doesn't mean that people are going to go do it but we need to be educated and know our bodies because you probably didn't even know really about your body and like how that worked and how it actually actually happens until it was happening to you well and I remember the first time I used a tampon I thought I had to take the tampon out to pee because I didn't know that there was two different holes there yeah and so I re- remember trying to take the tampon out and it hurt so bad because it wasn't ready to come out yet. Right. Um, and like, that was such a bad experience too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it just all revolves. It just all goes back to there not being proper sex education and, you know, sex looking down upon down upon right is that the word anyway <laughs> you know it yeah it just has a negative connotation around it <laughs> right so how have you been or let's see your daughter's nine right your second daughter. yeah so what is that going to look like yeah. in your home or has it started like talking about sex and things like that like what is that going to look like for you in your home yeah so I bought some books over the summer that um are about there's one that like how our family's made. Uh, I got another one that has to do with puberty. Um, Another one that has to do with like actual anatomy. So it's, and they're all children's books. Um, And when it comes to sex, the one that is about families, it talks about how there's adoption and, you know, scientific ways to make babies. But it specifically says that, you know, a man and a woman can come so close together that the man's penis enters the woman's vagina and a baby's made, it yeah. could be made. Um, and it's all obviously child age appropriate. So it right. doesn't go into anything graphic. Because yeah. <laughs> they also need you to understand it. it teaches like the basic, exactly, exactly. So we read the first book about anatomy, how women have breasts, vaginas, vulvas, mm-hmm. um, men have penises, um, Oh, whatever, all the other stuff. Yeah, and I was like, at the dolls, and I was like, that's not the testicles. Oh. I was like, what that's is the actual word? Testicles, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I forget the same thing. 
I know. Um, but it, it, it gives examples. It lists the names specifically. And yeah. it's something, you know, it's so funny. She'll just say, men have penises, huh? And I'm like, yep, they sure do. Yep. And it's just an, it's a normal conversation. It's something that as she gets older, we'll evolve and we'll talk about um, uh, unplanned pregnancies and, mm-hmm. um, you know, different types of birth control and yeah. how families are made with IVF or mm-hmm. other options, you know, yeah, eventually as time goes on, we'll get into all those things right. as time goes, but right. it's just a perfect introduction right now for her to be comfortable talking about it so if she has questions she asks me that's my biggest thing if Mm. if her friends are talking about masturbation or something at school that maybe she has questions about um I just want her to be comfortable talking to me about it and not getting wrong information from her friends Mm -hmm. and I really feel like so far we've built a good foundation around that so I feel pretty confident going forward yeah and talking about it at the age that she is now, especially with the anatomy part, I think is super important because um, I know that like I grew up, I think mine was called like a, what was it called? A Lulu or La La or something like that, <laughs> private parts. And, and I just, I, I have an issue with that too, because like if a child is being sexually assaulted and they come to you and tell you like, Oh, or cut or say out loud, like I, they touched my whatever, but you don't have like the actual name for it. It's so easy to like, think like, Oh, they touched their dress or, or her arm yeah. or something, you know, I don't know. It's just so much eat. Like it's so much better to protect the child to know like what their body parts are called. Um, and also it, I feel like it de stick, like it takes away the sexual nature of it as well. Like yeah. calling it like, I have a vulva and a vagina. Like that is what it is. It doesn't make it sexual by like giving it some like special name, you know, like, no, he has a penis. Like that's just what that is. Right. And I'm not a mom. That's why I'm glad you're talking about it. Cause I hope that I would do that. <laughs> but like, I don't know if I will. That's what I hope so far. <laughs> we all say things we're going to do as parents until we're actually a parent. So I try to be very aware. So true. I don't want to be like, I'm never going to do this. Cause I know that I will probably do it, but that is our, that's <laughs> how we plan to, but just hearing that you're already starting that conversation with her, I think is huge. And like you said, it's setting such a good foundation for you guys to have like open and honest conversations about it and she can know that like she can come to you and I think it's also so important and I hadn't even thought about this so I love that you said that you're talking about all ways to make a family that there are so many ways you can make a family and what a family looks like because you and your daughter you are a family like that is that is is. and so um does it make you any less of a family you know and we often just have an idea of what a family should look like. It has to look this way and has to be created this way. Um, but I think it's like, like you said, so important to talk about um, adoption and IVF and fostering. Like I would have not thought to talk about IVF, but I think that's so important for her and to grow up and know like, okay, there some women cannot get pregnant. And so the way that they are able to create their family is through this way. And I think that's just so important yeah. to talk about all the different ways a family is made. I think that is, that is huge. And her understanding yeah. and worldview, um, you're such a good mom. <laughs> I'm learning so much from you. I'm, 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 I'm the best women and moms around me for whenever we have kids to look up to because like, that, that is, 
that is incredible. And I think it's so good that you are prioritizing that um, in your, in your home, because like you said, that, that was a, you had no, you did not have any sex education and it resulted in an unplanned pregnancy when you were 14. So yeah, I, I think that is, that is huge that you guys are talking about that. Um, what do you wish like more people knew about single parenting? Like, like we've talked about some of the stigmas, but is there like something that you just wish that people just would understand or maybe stop asking or stop doing like what you just wish other people around like would, would knew about single parenting? Yeah. You know, I think I actually would like people to ask more questions Mm. because people don't ask enough questions. They make a lot of assumptions. Um, so I think asking more questions, if you're, instead of saying, oh, where is your husband? Maybe rephrase it in -hmm. another way. Like, oh, are you a single mom or do you, Mm -hmm. I don't know, do you have a partner instead of just assuming that the person does? Um, and then as far as about single parenting, what I would know, what I would want someone to know is, um, you know, we all are just doing our best, mm-hmm. you know, like, like all parents Yeah. and single parenting has its ups and downs and there's a lot of stress, but there's a lot of love and mm-hmm. there's a lot of support. There's a ton of resources for single moms. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's another stigma. Everyone just assumes that single moms, I shouldn't say everyone, there's the assumption that single moms just a abuse the system, just live mm-hmm. off the system, off the oh, seat. Yeah, let's talk about um, it. Yeah. And that's absolutely not true. I, I think of all the single moms I know, um, I don't think anybody is trying to live off the system. Most of them are not. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's so, crazy that that's a stigma because it's like, it's there to help. Like, that's why that stuff exists is to help. And so it's like, we should be using that if it's an option, like if that is there, like absolutely should be using it. And so it's just absolutely that it's like seen that way. Cause that you're right. That's another stigma that people think they're just abusing it. And it's like, no, I'm using it <laughs> like helping, you know? Yes. And there's a huge difference between abusing and using. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's there for a reason. I have used WIC um, as needed. I've used uh, state healthcare when it's been needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't use it when I don't need it. Yeah. And I've been blessed to not have to use it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, a, lot of, a lot of people do the same thing. They use it when it's needed. Yeah, no, that's huge. That's huge. Um, and we'll finish off our conversation about like, if there's a single mom listening to this today, which I'm sure there is, what would you want to say to her? Oh, mama, you are killing it. You are so strong and so loved and so supported. And you are exactly where you need to be. You are exactly what your kids need. You were chosen to be their mama and if you don't have support somewhere else, you have support in me. I will be here to cheer you on and to virtually hug you. Yeah. And you are so welcome here. You don't have to feel out of place. I know I felt out of place for many years and you are not. You are welcome here. You are loved and you're just awesome. That like literally made me tear up and I like have chills on my arms and I'm not even single mom. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. <laughs> 
you're so good. So good. I so thankful Thank I have you, you in my life to look up to and just to be a friend. So guys, you have to go follow Hannah and on Instagram, happiest single mom, correct? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where they can find you at and connect with you. Yep. I am on TikTok too as happiest single mom and on Pinterest now. I'm just getting into Pinterest. I know all the girls are like, get on Pinterest. And I'm like, I don't know that I could do one more thing. We'll figure it out. (laughs) I know it's so funny. Pinterest. I I don't know what I'm going to be doing there exactly, but I'll have fun with it. And TikTok, I post a lot of, you know, more life funny videos. Um, Instagram is definitely a lot of where I'm, you know, reaching like really reaching women yeah really reaching single moms there um but yeah I have fun stuff all over the internet that's awesome and guys I'm as always I'm going to link her all her stuff in the episode notes so you can very easily just click on it it's like you straight to Instagram straight to TikTok straight to Pinterest so um make sure you guys go connect with Hannah follow her and just send her some encouragement because she's crushing it and the like the community that you have created for single moms is changing lives, like actually changing lives. And so thank you for doing that. Thank you for showing up. And thank you for having this like very vulnerable, honest conversation about being a single mom and what that is like and adoption and sharing all of that. So seriously, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And it was an honor to have you. Well, thank you very much for having me. I loved, I loved our conversation great and guys we will talk soon bye